0: Let there be light, and there was light. Amen. It's good to, that that God's presence will never leave us. Thank you, Jesus. Well, um, I have. Uh, If, you, if, you're, if you're ever um, in a situation where you uh, need to make a decision and you don't know which way to go, I, I had on my heart that somebody needed to hear this. Maybe it was just for today. I was going to put this on social media, just do a quick Facebook Live, but if anybody's in a situation like that. Do what seems good, like like Paul said one time, he said, it seems good to me and the Holy Spirit. Do what seems good. See, the Holy Spirit is in you. And Paul said, listen to what he said. It seems good to me and the Holy Spirit. See, you and the Father, just like Jesus said, Jesus said, I and the Father are one, you and the Father are one. Just do what seems good to you and the Holy Spirit. It's just a witness in your heart. So uh, it seems good to me and the Holy Spirit to go in a different direction. Um, I'm not going to teach anymore on the, on the letters from Jesus in Revelation. I want to refer you to a book uh, because uh, it's easy to, get, to, to lose you in the weeds. Because there's a lot of detail, a lot of detail. And as I get further and further in the book, I was um, using the book as the outline. It's it's an incredible book. I encourage you, if um, if you're interested in pursuing that, I I covered uh, a couple of letters of the seven letters written to the churches in Revelation. So for more information on that subject and to... um, go further into it to study it i highly recommend Le- uh, letters from jesus the book by paul ellis you can it's available online or on his website escape to reality.org You can't remember that just letters from jesus look it up on amazon and you can you can get the book that way praise the lord um, so and see that 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 kind of um, the study that I that that I was doing is more appropriate for like a Bible study and I saw that the more I got into it and as I was preparing <laughs> for this week, it was like I just couldn't get a, get away from it and uh about going in, in another direction I was going I, I like to to finish what I start, but um, it's 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 just best to be led by the Spirit. Amen. Do what the Lord tells you to do. Amen. All right. So today I'm going to talk about living under grace um, and uh, give you some, some keys to living under grace. We're going to begin. Uh, how many of you know we're not under law? We're not under the Old Testament or Old Covenant. Uh, we're not under the Ten Commandments. And actually, the law, there were you know, there were 613 laws, not just the Big Ten. Um, but, but we're not under that covenant. And under that covenant, see, the Old Testament was a relationship with God based on what you had to do to qualify for God's blessings. But we're not under that covenant. We're under the New Covenant. The new covenant is a relationship with God that's based on what Jesus did on the cross to qualify you. So with that in mind, let's jump into uh, Galatians chapter 3. How many of you believe in Jesus? Okay. When you accepted Jesus... As the Lord of your life, you become a child of God. You are, you are born again. You're a child of God. Verse 13, Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law, having become a curse for us. For it is written, cursed is everyone that, who hangs on a tree. And that's talking about Jesus on the cross. So we've been redeemed from the curse of the law. And Colossians tells us he took the handwriting of ordinances that was against us, that was contrary to us, and he nailed it to the cross. Now, the part of the law, the part of the 613 that was uh, written by the hand of God, the handwriting of ordinances. That part of the law was the Ten Commandments. And the Bible says that that law was contrary to us. The law wasn't for us. The law was a tutor to bring us to Christ. Once we're in Christ, we don't need the tutor anymore. The Bible says that we are dead to the law that we might be married to another. Now, some, t- some, some people think that we, we, when we say we're not under the law, we're against the law. We're not against the law. The law is perfect. The problem is that we weren't, and we aren't, and we can't keep it. The law was never intended to make a man righteous. Right. To preach the law today is to promote sin. Because the Scripture tells us the strength—see, preaching the law is is not something that's that's just, like, neutral or kind of harmless. No, it's harmful. Preaching the—now, that might sound strange, but preaching the law today under new management. (laughs) See, we're under new—say, I'm under new management. So to preach the law today is actually to promote sinning. I'm just going to let that settle because some people think the opposite is true. That to stop sinning, you have to give people the law. You have to lay down the rules. No, the Bible says the strength of sin is the law. See, the opposite of what people think is true is true. Well, people are just going to, if you start preaching like that, preaching this greasy grace, I, I, it, it makes me cringe when people even say that. is isn't greasy about God's grace. The Bible calls the gospel the gospel of grace. And people think, when man, if you start telling people that their sins are forgiven, past, present, and future, that, that Jesus took your sins on the cross. He, he took the law, the handwriting of ordinances, which the scripture says, that was against us. Not for us, against us and contrary to us. And he took it out of the way. How, I mean, how are you going to, you have to have somebody to help you misunderstand that. We're dead to the law, married to another. The strength of sin is the law. The, this, the, the handwriting of ordinances, the, the law, the, the Ten Commandments were written with the hand, handwriting of God. He took it out of the way and nailed it to the, to the cross. Now, you've got to get somebody to help. You misunderstand that. But unfortunately, that's the help we've had from religion. Religion just been pounding and pounding and pounding and pounding, and pounding into us that we need to keep the law. You need to keep, keep the Ten Commandments. We don't need the Ten Commandments. People like pick it and say, we need to get the Ten Commandments back in schools. No, you don't want people sitting in schools. <laughs> now, see, I said that to shock you. It's like it got to shock some people because they, they've never heard this stuff. Because a lot of times what people have done is they've allowed preachers to tell them what to do. No, we need to see, see this for, for ourselves. People are getting freer and freer and freer every day. No, man, if you start preaching that grace, people are going to set world records of sinning. <laughs> That's what people think. But no, the opposite is true. Uh, I'm just warming up right now. It's not part of my message. Thank you, Lord. Romans 6.14 Sin, listen to this, sin will not have dominion over you because you're not under the law, but under grace. So that's my introduction today. I want to talk to you about living under grace. See, when you're under grace, the scripture says sin will not have dominion over you. So if you don't want... Sin, to have dominion over people, preach grace. When you preach grace, sin can't control your life. But the opposite of that is true. If you're under the law, see, sin shall not have dominion over you because you're not under the law but under grace. But if you preach the law, sin will have dominion over you. When you're under the law, sin has dominion over you. Christ redeemed us from the curse of the law because he became a curse for us. He became sin on the cross that we might become the righteousness of God in him. More about that in a second. So he redeemed us from the curse that what? That the blessing of Abraham, you know what the blessing of Abraham is? Righteousness. That we are the righteousness of God in Christ. Abraham was blessed, as we're gonna see, because now Abraham was before the law. He was before Moses. He had no law. He had the promise. See? And so Abraham was righteous because of his faith, not because of keeping rules. He didn't have rules. The law came 430 years after Abraham. So that the blessing of Abraham might come upon the Gentiles, that's us. And the blessing comes in Christ Jesus, not because of anything that you do, that we might receive the promise of the Spirit through faith. Okay, so we're going to a- answer some questions today. Um, and if you go to the app, we got some fill in the blanks. And I heard many of you say that you're born again, you receive Jesus Jesus as your Lord. So guess what? Because of your faith in Jesus, you're what? You're a son of God. You're a son or a daughter of the most high God. Amen. Grace is simple jesus said my yoke is easy and my burden is light we're all sons of god through faith in jesus and okay so and say and. and if you're christ and you are because of faith in jesus guess what you are abraham's seed and heirs according to the promises no not to the promises to the promise so I want to propose three questions. One, what, and we'll answer these questions. What is the promise? Two, who is the promise given to? And how is it given? Think about Abraham. Now, we're heirs according to The promise. Now, let's look about, think about this for a minute. The Bible doesn't say Abraham was rich. I want you to know the promise is powerful, man. The promise includes material financial prosperity. Abraham was not just rich. He was very rich. And I'm glad that he put the rest of this stuff in here because people would say, well, you know, he was spiritually rich. People always want to spiritualize everything. No, there's nothing, there's nothing spiritual about livestock. Amen. Cattle, in other words. He was very rich in livestock or cattle, animals, silver, and gold. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Say, Abraham Abraham. was very rich. rich. Now, this is why this ought to excite you. um, Because you have the blessing of Abraham. The blessing of Abraham belongs to you. And we're going to see, first of all, what is the promise? Now, again, the blessing of Abraham is righteousness. And... In Matthew 6.33, the scripture says, to seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And all these things shall be added to you. Now, this is not talking about um, right living. Righteousness is a gift. It's a gift. Jesus became poor that you... Through his poverty might become rich. There it, is, there it is again. I quoted the wrong scripture. I wasn't looking for that. But that goes along with Abraham was very rich. Okay. Second um, Corinthians 521. He, Jesus, who knew no sin, became sin for us. Think about that. He took our sin. I mean, God treated Jesus as the, the worst sinner on earth, on our behalf. See, he didn't, he didn't just die for us, he died as us. I mean, he, he treated Jesus like, like he was the world's, God treated Jesus like he was the world's most wicked sinner, and because of that, and he did that, he, never, he, he knew no sin. He never committed any act of sin. But God treated him as the most wicked sinner on the earth that we might become the righteousness of God in Christ. So God treated him as, as the most wicked sinner so that he could treat us as the best person on earth. He treats you as his favorite child. As the best person on earth because of Jesus. Not because of anything that you do. So we're to seek first the the righteousness which is by faith. Not by our doing, but by our believing. Okay? And then all these things what you'll eat if you read it earlier in the chapter, what you eat, what you drink, what you put on, the provisions of life, all these other things will be added to you when you seek first uh, the fact that you're righteous. So God wants us to be um, not sin conscious, but righteousness conscious. Righteous conscious. Be conscious of your righteousness in Christ Jesus. And... To be righteous, one of the definitions is as you ought to be. We, we put on what in the Old Testament prophesied about robes of righteousness. You're, you're clothed with the robe of righteousness. Not You don't earn righteousness. Righteousness is not something that you earn. It's not something that, that you achieve. It's a gift to be received. Having received the abundance of grace and the gift of righteousness. Romans says the gift It's a gift. You don't have to work for a gift. It's already provided. So, let's answer this first question. What is the promise? Oh, you're going to like this. Now think about that Abraham was very rich, livestock, silver, and gold. For the promise, now, why are we talking about the promise? Now, notice it didn't say promises, that we might receive the promise of the Spirit through faith. That the blessing of Abraham will come upon us, that we might receive the promise of the Spirit through faith. I think, Doug, you might have to click that switch again. Is it getting hot in here again? Look, Doug figured that thing out last week. He went on and hit some button. We need to turn the air way up, man. I don't want to lose, like I'm losing some people. I don't want, I don't want you falling off the chair. But now We're getting ready. We're getting into some good stuff right now. We need to get that air, turn the air all the way up. Somebody, no? Okay, what's the promise? The promise that he would be the heir of the world. (laughs) Come on now. We ought to be dominating. Listen, you are a child of God. You ought to be dominating life. You ought to be reigning. Listen, having received that, that scripture I just quoted, the abundance of grace. What's grace? God's unearned. Some people think grace is favor. It's not is unearned. You got to put that in there. Un, unmerited. Undeserved. Come on now. Unearned. Undeserved. Unmerited favor. All That includes all the blessings of God are to be received, not worked for. I mean, just cross your legs and and, and just receive. Thank you, Lord. We're going to give you some simple keys of, of living under grace. It's not something that you work for. Jesus said, my yoke is easy. Thank you, Lord. So this promise, see, we ought to be reigning in life. When God put Adam in the garden, he told him to have dominion over the whole earth. We ought to be having dominion over our circumstances, dominion over our finances, calling forth the finances that we need and that we want. It's not through working hard, it's through receiving. Do you see what I'm seeing here? What's the promise? That Abraham would be the heir of the world. What does that have to do with me? Who is the promise given? Christ redeemed us from the curse that the blessing of Abraham would come upon us through Jesus Christ. All right? If you're Christ, you're Abraham's what? seed. To whom is the promise given? To Abraham and his seed. Not seeds as of many, but seed as of one. And the seed is Jesus. And we are in Christ Jesus. And as Jesus is, so am I. You think Jesus is blessed? You think Jesus is sick? You think Jesus is broke? How is Jesus. He's rich. So are we in this world. Is Jesus sick? How is he? Healthy? So are we. In this world. Not when we get to heaven. In this world. Sound like an heir of the world to me. Who's the promise given? To Abraham and his seed. We're connected to Abraham. Romans says he, you know, you're a Jew by faith. Because, see, he's not a Jew who is one outwardly according to the flesh, Romans says, but he who is one inwardly with the circumcision of the heart. Your heart got circumcised when you received Jesus. Now you are Abraham's seed. Therefore, you have. You are heir of the world. The blessing of Abraham, which is righteousness, belongs to you. How can you lose? Now you got enough right here to just go out and dominate. Amen. And don't walk out here and think, well, what should I do? Just receive. Amen. Man, I'm, I'm going to give you some keys It's so simple, boy, I tell you what, for crying out loud. Amen. Thank you, Lord. Now, watch this. So, we answered, What is the promise? What's the promise? Huh? Now, see, this is why you got to keep teaching this stuff. Huh? I've been doing all this teaching. Heir of the world. That's the promise. Who's the promise given to? Abraham and his seed. All right. Abraham and his seed. What's the promise? And Say, I am, I am an, heir, an heir, of heir of the world. That's why you not get upset when people try to talk down to you. You ever have somebody talk condescending to you? You got to need, need to have the mindset, I'm an heir of the world. Thank you, Lord. All right? So, look at this. For the promise that he would be the heir of the world was not to Abraham or to his seed through the law. So, what's the law? See, it's not through living right. See, the law, you had to live right to get blessed. He said, but that's not the promise. The promise is not through the... Through right living. It's not through, you see this preached all the time. Now, you've heard me say this before. Right living, excuse me, right believing produces right living. But in so many pulpits and all over, this is why you have to keep saying it's right believing produces right living. I'm about right living, but right living is a fruit of believing right. Yeah. And you gotta keep saying it. You gotta keep preaching grace because the problem is sometimes people preach grace like a message, but it's not a message, it's the gospel. So you have to keep preaching the gospel, which which is the a, a gospel of grace, the gospel of righteousness—that you are right because of because of what Jesus did for you—you you have to keep talking about it. Because guess what? Keep people a religion is not going to stop preaching and talking about right living, right living, right living. Live right, do right, be right, act right. Church, huh? Don't stop talking about that. A pastor, why, 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 why you keep talking about grace? <coughs> because it's the gospel. Why don't you ask people? Why, why, why don't y'all stop talking about living right? Why don't you just stop? Now that sounds crazy, doesn't it? But I'm a voice in the wilderness. I'm gonna keep. People look at me crazy. Sometimes they don't know what to even say to me. Because I'm going to keep boldly proclaiming it. And it doesn't make sense to the natural mind. Because the, the natural mind thinks you've you got to whip people into shape. The preachers think that you just got to keep telling people to live right. And then when you get around people and they, and they have no clue why people don't live right. They say, man, we just keep out to tell people. And they complain about how people don't act right. But what you are preaching? And they think they're right because, look, I, I'm telling them. <laughs> I mean, I'm telling them that they need to act right. Man, you can overcome addictions and bad habits all through right believing. It's not by preaching living right. See, it, see the promise, it didn't come to Abraham or his seed through the law. First of all, we're his seed. Who is Abraham. Okay, Abraham is the father of the Jews, but he didn't have the law. The promise came to him the same way that the promise comes to us is through the righteousness because of believing, not by doing. You see how this has to be preached from the housetops? See, when you believe right, you will live right. Living right is the fruit of believing right. Say, when I believe right. When when I'm believing right. right. I'll be living right. right. Say, I'll be living right. right. Because I believe right. right. Okay, so I want to talk about. Uh Uh-oh, you know what I did? I left out a scripture. I want to see that 14th verse. So, if you have your Bibles, go to the, um, there's some good stuff there in that 14th verse. Oh, Romans. Romans 4, very next verse. Verse 13 bring it up on your tablet, your phone, your physical Bible, whatever. The promise that he would be the heir of the world was not to Abraham or to his seed through the law, but through the righteousness of faith. Now watch this. See, we're under new management. We're under a new covenant. If those who are of the law are heirs, faith is made void. See, faith doesn't have anything to do with it. If those of the law, which is you, you get blessed because of your doing, okay? If, if they're heirs, see, faith doesn't have anything to do with it. And the promise is, is, it says, of no effect. If those who are of the law are heirs, faith is void. Faith doesn't have anything to do with it. And then when you don't receive the blessings by faith, the, you make the promise. What's the promise? Air of the world. world. Okay, so when you try to get the promise through right living, then faith is void and the promise is of no effect. It can't happen. See? So So what's happening is when you're trying to get the blessings by earning it and working for it, then you void both. Both what? You you void the the promise in the new covenant and you void the law because God can't bless you by your earning it because we're not in that system. And you don't want to be under that system. And God doesn't operate anymore under that system. And we have a better covenant. And what makes it better is that, see, when you, you're going to be up and down because some days you're going to feel like you really, you really did right. And now you think you deserve God's blessing. But then when you fail, when you don't read as many scriptures in the Bible or chapters in the Bible as you thought you should, or you didn't pray enough or whatever, and you think now that, okay, you didn't do right. That you fell short, and then you don't think you deserve the blessing. We're not not under that kind of covenant. Thank you, Jesus. So I'm going to give you some keys here. To, res- or, or to living, the grace life. All right, you ready? Okay. Number one. Learn to say I am under grace. And place every say that say I am under grace. I am under grace. Place every area of your life under grace. Like any area that that any area of your life that's troubling you. Any area of, of your life where, you see, where, where you're not seeing the blessings of God, put that area of your life under grace. Amen. Like if, if finances, if, if you're not receiving financial blessings, say, my finances are under grace. Amen. Amen. If, if you have a part of your body that's troubling you, if you have an arm that's been causing chronic pain, Say, my arm is under grace. Any area of your life that's giving you a problem, troubling you, any area of your life where you're not seeing the blessings of God, put that area of your life under grace. Hallelujah. See, when you do that, your heart comes into a place of rest. When you say, whenever you say, I am under grace, like somebody come, comes into your cubicle at work and starts giving you trouble, just say, I'm under grace. I mean, you don't have to tell them that, but just say, under your breath and just have the consciousness, I'm under grace. I'm under grace. And see, what happens is it, it, it brings your heart into a place of rest. See, because watch this. There's something restless about the law system. Yeah. Obey and you bless. Because if you think your blessings are are dependent yeah. upon your obedience, you're never really secure. Because, yeah. yeah. right. 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 like I said, you, you think that you're doing the right thing one day, and you think you're okay, but then... You can be fearful of missing it tomorrow. So you're up and down. You think he loves me. He loves me not. Referring to God thinking that his love for you is dependent upon something you do. You'll never really be secure. But the good news is we're not under that system. We're we're, we're under grace. See, when you say... You're under grace. You set God free to do what he wants to do. You you set God free to, to bless you when you don't deserve it. Say, I will bring areas in my life that trouble me under grace. under grace. If you're having some mental challenges, say, I bring my mind under grace. Amen. If you have a, a, a rebellious teenager, say, you don't really know what to do. Like, what? anybody ever been there? Like, uh, like, what do I, what do I, Lord Jesus, what do I do? Put that rebellious teenager under grace. Lord, I just place them under your grace. And then, then go, go, go get you a cup of tea. Let it go. See, you got to learn to let go. Just let go and let God. A lot of people don't know how to do that. They let go and then they keep grabbing hold of it. Hanging on to it. Now, Let me ask you a question. You hanging on to it, you fussing at that teenager, you, you keep nagging with him, but what has it done? So what do you have to lose? Now, I know we need to train up our children the way that they should go, I understand that. But the Bible also says that, that God will teach your children. That your children will be taught, not by you, but by the Lord. Not that you don't teach them. That scripture and Isaiah 54, says, your children shall be taught by the Lord. When you pray for them and put them in God's hands, God will teach them on the inside. Because even when they're sneaking, God will teach them. You know you shouldn't be there. You know your parents told you. You're not supposed to be there because your parents told you they don't want you there. Oh, yeah, the Lord will teach them. Teach them, but see, you got to learn to trust. Because, see, you can't see that happening. Amen. Thank you. All right. Um. Wait just a minute. I'm out of time, seriously? Man, this is so good. Man, I, I got, oh my gosh. This right here, what I'm, I'm... Don't miss this. I wish I could just lock y'all up <laughs> and put a, um, put a tag, a GPS... Tag on you somehow make your car automatically come here next week because th- this, this right here, I, um, I'm, I'm out of time because so I want you all to hear, hear a testimony today. This is our anniversary, so we'll be just a little, little longer. I want you to, um, I, w- I want to give, a, uh, let you hear a testimony about how God's grace can help you overcome an addiction, and I, I want to applaud this this um, this young man what he's going to share. And, he, and And I asked him to share, and he's willing to share. He shared it, on and I know it's sensitive. And some people wouldn't even share this kind of stuff. But I know it's happening to people. Some people don't want to share it because, and I understand why they wouldn't want to want to share it. But um, he's very open with it. He shared it publicly anyway. So. I asked him if he would share it with you, so I, I want to I I let you you all listen to that. Um, come on up here, uh, Shaton, and, and just, uh, just take a few minutes, and I know you can go a while, but um, let me, uh, thank you. You're already ahead of me, and just share. This is what grace can do. This is um, without... Me preaching, living right, doing right, act right. God's grace did it. Tell you what what, what grace did for you, man. Just let you go ahead.
1: Um, Yeah. Um, my mother bear witness.
0: um, Oh, your mom said today? Oh, please go. Watched me go through this, okay. We got the uh, we have this. Is it Michael? There we go. Can y'all hear him? He kind of soft spoken,
1: yeah. Um, it's like Pastor says, it's sensitive, but it's real because um, people suffering. The only reason why I would share is because I know other people is going through, Mm -hmm. and um, but um. Years of dealing with um, such addiction, um, it started, it was something that I had got delivered from and then fell back into from trying to help family out. And, um, um, but through the grace message, uh, it helped me to depend on God's love rather than my ability to resist. Mm. Um,
0: trying. So you tried before, right?
1: Try. I mean, we, like the woman that was bent over for eighteen years. Mm-hmm. Trying, trying, trying to, to, to get a promise of God by self, self effort, and um, resisting. I'm, I'm not going to do. It. I'm not going to indulge. I'm not going to give into that behavior. And, and the war is on. Some some days you do good, some days you some days you fail. <laughs> but when I started to um, just enjoy God's love and, and His love for me, and um, and what also when I was feeding myself, um, I, I, I like uh, soul music. And but I also noticed that um, people really overlook um, word. Mm. They over, they overlook how that the word is um, our words are spirit and life. And when you're listening to that, it can it can lead you to to behavior that, that's detrimental. It can it can it can it can either help your life or it can hurt your life.
0: And it's not just new music. Me and Mrs. Jones. We got a thing going on. We both know it's wrong, but it's much too strong <laughs> to let it go now. Go ahead.
1: <laughs>
0: See, a lot of people pick it on the new music, but it's, it's always been around. It's, it's, it's stuff that, you know, that, oh, man.
1: But that... Um but that was something, like I said, that was feeding me, and then when I started to, at work, start doing what you said. Um, I think you said it was years ago about getting a playlist. So I got a playlist of worship music and praise mm-hmm. worship. And so I would go to work, and I'm, I'm, I'm just excited about going to work, and, I'm, and I know people would be like, why are you always smiling? <laughs> I'm worshiping right now. Mm-hmm. I know I'm working. I look like I'm, I'm worshiping right now. I'm, in, I'm enjoying God's love and all that. And, and people start, you know, seeing that my work didn't decline. I would focus at work. I would focus on God's love for me. And it helped me to, to uh, it just freed me to be able to minister and love just by living, just by enjoying his love. Mm. Because we're epistles. of god we are really epistles people see god in us just by enjoying his love and and people are just changed. you have an effect on people because they want that you know i i had someone talking about how i'm one of the most humble people he know i'm like well that's god because i know i'm with me 24 7. i know (laughs) i know how i am my family will bear witness, so. but it's, it's the goodness of God. It's all about God. And when I put my attention on him, my focus on him, he helped me to be able to resist behavior and urges and, and addiction and all that.
0: Without trying.
1: Not trying, nope. Hey, you said something, you said, we could do more accidentally through grace than we can by law. Mm-hmm. Self effort, because that's what law is—self effort.
0: Mm-hmm. And
1: um, I live, live
0: live holier by accident yes. than you can on purpose.
1: Yes. When yeah. you're yeah. Un-
0: under grace.
1: No, I, I mean the struggle. I wasn't struggling when my focus is on Him. Mm-hmm. Peter can walk on water as long as he kept his eyes on
0: Jesus. Christ. Yeah. As
1: soon as he took his eyes yeah. off, he starts sinking. Yeah, it's all you said. It's focused. Yeah, yeah. We yeah. got to focus on yeah, him.
0: Yeah, yes. Preach it.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so, hmm. um, forgive me, but sometimes I, I try to focus on security, but I enjoy yeah. grace. Yeah. I just...
0: <laughs> Hallelujah. Amen. That's good stuff, man. <laughs> Thank you so much. Thank you for sharing. <laughs> Amen. You know, it takes courage. It takes courage to share something like that, something as personal as that. But I know that, see, a lot of men deal with that. See, you know, men and like ladies, like, would talk about stuff. Men, you know, tend not to want to say nothing about what they're dealing with and try to, you know, act all like, oh, manly and you know, all that kind of stuff. Every head, by, every eye, close. Heavenly Father, we just thank